Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results, the podcast that can help you become a better partner in your family and a self-propelled leader with inner certainty in your business. Now, here's your host, Ube Dockhorn. Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results. Let me start with an invitation for you before we dive in. This is a safe and neutral space here. The more open and honest you answer the questions that will come up to yourself, the more effective this will be for you. Sound good? Okay, here we go. Today, I'm very excited to introduce you to David Achada. How are you doing, David? And where are you hanging out right now? I'm doing great. You Great to be with you. I am calling you from the country, from my house, my home office, right outside Chattanooga, Tennessee. Wow, fantastic. It's a pleasure having you here today. So David Achada is an author, coach, trainer, facilitator, and speaker. He brings 20 years of leadership experience to organizations, team development, and training. He lives in the mountains of East Tennessee, as he just mentioned, with his wife and two children. I think your mission to make space to find vision is remarkable. So I'm very thankful I can talk to you today, David. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I adopted that phrase a number of years ago, making space to find vision. You know, it's really just about this idea that to get clear on what you're after, it doesn't actually mean doing more things. A lot of times it means doing less. Okay, so so let's dive right in here. So who's your ideal client and what's the biggest challenge they face? My ideal client is an overly responsible leader. So typically an overly responsible executive or manager. Many times this person has come from a chaotic past or, or maybe a past of neglect. And so what happens is that this person grows up sooner than they have to. So they have amazing people skills. They have amazing confidence and they do really great work in the external world. But the problem is that at some point, usually around midlife, they began to discover they lack the emotional maturity to sustain all the energy in the outside world. And so what happens is that they create an organization that looks like them, where people are overly responsible. They're showing up when they feel like they shouldn't. And the result is that people are putting a lot of emphasis on what they should be doing as opposed to backing up and saying, well, actually, who am I? What kind of leader am I? What kind of organization am I creating? And how do I slow down so I can do not just like good work in the outside world, but become a healthier person and create healthier relationships and healthier organizations? Well, that sounds amazing. It's essentially, I love that uh, that that direction that you're describing. You know, it's essentially as you help them get out of the car and look where they are driving. So kind of like that's right, adjusting, right? Is that fair to say? <laughs> yeah, it's like this idea. You you don't know um, where you're going to go. Or you know where you're going unless you know where you're at. Like I was just talking with somebody yesterday, and he was describing to me he's making good money, he's busy. But what he was telling me was, he was like, but I, like, I'm not really happy. I'm not peaceful about it. So we had a really great conversation about where are you at? What have you been through? What do you need to face within yourself? And it was, it's a typical conversation that I have with people. They just don't, they're looking so much to the outside world. They're not really paying attention to where they're at. 
Very important indeed. And uh, it's, it's, it's really the human perspective internally. And so therefore, uh, hopefully we are all humans, but uh, what are common mistakes uh, they, might, uh, they make when uh, trying to solve that problem? It's funny that you mentioned that we're all humans. I think that one of the mistakes they make is they don't think they are. So they think they are Superman, Superwoman, um, robot, machine for, for productivity. And so the mistake that they make is they do more. And what happens is that when you're in an organization with a leader like this, they may or may not have a lot of great training, a lot of great development, but it's content and competency focused as opposed to character and depth. And so I do work with executive leaders. I do executive retreats where I pull them away for a couple of days, look at their values, look at the health of their lives and the health of their organizations. Because what they're doing is they're adding and piling on more work to themselves and those around them. And so what I'll do is I'll say, okay, you know, you have needs too. And if you don't speak for your own needs, what's going to happen is that you will create other leaders around you who don't think they can speak for theirs either. So what happens when you're surrounded by needy people? What happens is that you crush each other, trying to get something from another person that can't be, uh, um, that you can't get from another person. It's almost like there's this hunger for uh, almost like apocalyptic, godlike peace and satisfaction from another person you can't get. So you've got to go work on yourself. And so I think that's the common mistake that they make is, you know, if if I'm Superman, then I don't have any needs. But that's the reason why we see uh, addiction, why we see uh, secretive behavior. It's because there's these basic human needs that they've denied themselves for so long. And it ends up taking them out and it ends up taking out the organizations that they lead. So my work is saying, you know, you you have needs to, you can focus on yourself. Oh, and we can put some things in place for your organization that can help your leaders find some depth as well. Well, it's interesting. And, you know, when you started with, uh, you know, they don't, they sometimes don't feel like humans and they feel like they have to be a superhero. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so it's interesting from that perspective that typically we have these superheroes as kind of like an inspiring figure. But here we have the leaders and they have to become human again. So it's really kind of like that that a different perspective here. The polarity is, I think, uh, what astonishes me so so much about what you just described. And uh, it also uh, showcases, uh, uh, because before we started, uh, we dove a little bit into uh, your vast variety of experiences. So I could see all of those kind of like. Uh, work and experiences you did before, kind of like when you're working as a pastor, also in health. So there's there's a lot of overlap uh, that enabled you to become who you are today. Is that fair to say, David? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, I worked for 10 years as a pastor before I started my work in the corporate world. And back to being human, you know, when I first started doing this kind of work, I I knew a lot of people in the corporate space and they said, you know, David, your biggest value in the business world is you understand people. And so I don't, I don't tend to mirror the crazy pace that my clients show up with. I tend to say, Hey, why don't, why don't we slow down a little bit here? And it's interesting. You talked about earlier, you know, 
or we're, we're, we've stumbled on this, how do we be human conversation? I think a lot of it has to do with facing our own inner darkness, our own inner needs. There's a guy named Parker Palmer who said that we have to journey toward the darkness if we're going to get to the light quicker, kind of like a sunset. You know, it's like flying into a sunset. You you get through it a lot faster than flying, you know, away or from a sunrise. It's like, let's go, let's not out, try to outrun something. Let's go toward it. So approaching it that way, I think, is a breath of fresh air, and it's confusing for some of the clients I work with. But at some point, after we've journeyed together for a while, they're like, okay, it is all right to slow down a little bit and face what's really going on here. Because what people want a lot of the time, you, is they want a rubber stamp process they think is going to be a quick fix to their organization. And, you know, there's just no quick fix. What you have to do is slow down and listen, like, where are you really at? What's the solution you need to address where you're really at? And what's a a better outcome that we can hit if we'll pick one part of the issue to work on? And maybe it starts with you. Maybe it starts with your team. Maybe it starts with your some other important leaders. But back to where you actually at. Let's start where you're actually at. Let's pick one part of the issue. And then we accomplish that. We'll go to another one. Step by step, I hear you. So before I ask David, what is one valuable free action that our audience can easily implement? Let me quickly say something here to our audience. If you are enjoying the show so far, please rate and recommend us to someone you think could benefit from the show. Thank you in advance for spreading the word. So David, what is one valuable free action that our audience can implement that will help with that uh, kind of issue? I think one free action is to really ask yourself, what's the outcome I want? And then to say, well, what's the input that would help me get there? So I've worked with uh, people in high-tech industries, semiconductors, microchips, a lot of engineers. They hate the word I'm about to use, but I'm going to use it anyway and then translate it for the more technically minded person. But it's really this idea of self-compassion. And that's made popular by Kristen Neff and, you know, the idea about self-compassion is is to say, what's actually good for me right now? And my engineer friends would say, the body is a biochemical machine. And if we can fuel it correctly, it'll get us the outputs we want. So if you want to be a steady, focused, influential leader, you want to drive the vision of your organization forward, what's the input it's going to get you there. Like, it's like a tree. It's like, if you want a steady, sturdy tree, what's the input? It's water. It's time. It's being still to get thick roots. So you need an input to get a steady, big tree. Same is true for a person. You know, what input do you need? What would be good for you right now? And I think that if we can learn to, you know, be, be better to ourselves, um, we can get away from say behavior modification and we can get back to the roots of saying, "Hey, I'm I'm going to go deep with myself. I'm going to learn, and um, I'm going to I'm going to grow and I'm going to change." And out of that, what happens is that people can learn; they can do it too. And that's what develops trust in an organization, and honestly, in any or in any uh, relationship. No, I I see that totally, and I I want to highlight that uh, you are kind of like speaking uh, in analogies that they understand that uh, kind of like <laughs> they really can't just follow follow through with that because it's sometimes it's really 
uh, that important to have that deep understanding about uh, your clients as well. So I like the way that you're describing it. So I want to also give you here the platform to share where people can find you, but also what is one valuable free resource that you can direct people to that uh, will help with that, or maybe also in a broader sense. I think a valuable free resource is back to Dr. Neff. You can do a Google search for Kristen Neff's self-compassion inventory, and that'll help you take a look at how well do you treat yourself. And typically, high-level leaders listen more to their inner critic than their inner ally. And it gives you some tips from there on how you can be better to yourself so that you can be the kind of leader and influencer you want to be. Well, you're very humble to just mention someone else, but uh, I want to highlight also where people can find you. So <laughs> please. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Where, where you can, can people find you? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you can find out more at my website, which is Achata, A-C-H-A-T-A, coaching.com. And I've written a few books. You can find some things on Amazon about some of my story. But the most recent one that's just came out a few weeks ago is called Embrace What You Don't Know, A Stupid Guide to Smart Business Leadership. And the idea behind the subtitle is stupidity is when we pretend and all the problems it creates. And how if we can get humble to learn to ask the right questions, we can get smart. And so what I outlined in the book is really just some simple ways people can look at their lives to say, hey, where am I at? How I need to grow their leadership to look at what's my style? How do I get results through a team and their organization saying like, what's my noble cause? What's my vision? And how do I address issues that could stop me? So I'm really excited about that. It's just come out a few weeks ago and I've got another one coming soon. It's going to be called executive retreats for busy business leaders. I'm going to tell the stories of a lot of people I've worked with through the years who have learned to calm down, pay attention to themselves and how it's impacted their organizations. So that's coming and I've got a contact form on my website and I would love to connect with anybody who's curious about my work. Wonderful. So I wouldn't, <laughs> I will, you know, um, thank you for sharing, first of all, and I knew you're a treasure chest and therefore I wanted to highlight uh, that people can find you. And of course, you put the link in the show description. So make it easy for all of my, uh, all of my listeners here. So thank you so much, uh, David, you're for welcome. sharing that. Thank you. So what's thank the you. one question I should have asked you that would be of great value to our audience? <laughs> well, maybe the one question It won't be a surprise to you, but the question would be, how did I get into this kind of work? <laughs> yeah, you have to mention kind of like your pathway. Just repeat it for my right. audience, please. Yeah, I I lived a pretty wild, uh, my my younger years were pretty wild. I um, had a near-death experience when I was a, a teenager, and that led me to faith conversion, and I ended up in the world of uh, pastoral work. And, and I did that for about 10 years. And honestly, what happened was I started feeling called to a broader work and the church we were connected to was a part of a healthcare provider. It was a part of a hospital system. And I knew a lot of people in the corporate world and they said, you know, you'd be really good at coaching and leadership development. You kind of do it already. It was a large church. So I took a leap And decided to gain some training and certifications in the world of executive coaching and leadership development. And that's been 12 years 
uh, since then. But, you know, in along the way, like earlier on in the pastoral years, I worked as a high school teacher for two years. And, um, you know, it's funny when I when I started doing work in the corporate world, one of the um, one of the presidents of the companies I was working with, he said, he said, you know, working with an executive team is just like working with a bunch of high school kids. <laughs> he said, I looked you up. I know your details. You know, how would you talk to a bunch of kids who can't get along, who all have an idea about what needs to be done? <laughs> and so it was funny because that's how I began to approach my work. And what happened is what happens regularly to me is people say, we've done so much training and development, and we were not looking forward to this, but we have fun with you. We're interacting. I feel like I'm a better person. I'm talking to my wife different. I'm treating my leaders different in my on my team. And so... uh you know, back to the chaotic past and the overly responsible leader, that's me. You know, we tend to do in the world what we most need. And so for me, I've learned uh, what I most needed uh, many years ago. I had, a, I had a mental breakdown. <laughs> Seven years ago, I wrote a little book about it called In the Caverns. And it was really about me learning to go deep and face my own issues instead of trying to organize the outside world primarily. And so I've learned, you know what, I can be that person for other people in the world, but I also need to be that person for myself. And so from high school teacher to pastor to organizational health, I've done that work to now leadership development in the corporate space. I just stir it all together and it looks unique to me. And and isn't that true for any of us, right? It's like our work looks like us. So that's some of how I got into it. It should. That's right. right. (laughs) If it's not, you won't last. That's called... That's called burnout and exhaustion. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, no, that's how I got into it. No, absolutely. I totally love it. And uh, it's it's really the idea of like, and, and by the way, I would really sign up for that new school of uh, David Ashada to kind of like of doing business. So it sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, you can <laughs> come. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. So, David, um, we're having fun. So um, let's get a little deeper. And uh, I have my final question for you. It's a personal one. When was the last time you experienced goosebumps with your family and why? You know, I love that question so much. Thank you for asking that. And I've noticed you asked that on, on all your shows. A month ago is what I would choose. This was over the Christmas holiday. My wife's father was adopted from Korea. He was a Korean War orphan, and she's never known anything about that side of the family. He didn't know anything about that side of the family. And you can imagine uh, potentially what that's like, maybe for some of your listeners, to not know details about your DNA, about your origins, your story, and to always wonder, what's what's the backstory? Anyway, so... Uh, two years ago, she got an email from somebody that was from the Korean side of the family. They found her on 23andMe. And it took us two years to organize the trip, but we went to where they lived in Michigan. And we sat at the feet of her DNA Korean relatives. And we learned the story about how the adoption happened. It's really a a wild story about uh, the North and South Korea conflict. There There was a kidnapping. There was a disappearance. There was 
you know, there's death, there's war, you know, all these crazy things. But to see pictures of relatives and say, we never heard from this one again. They disappeared during the war. This was who your grandmother was. This was her story. This is what happened to her. This is why your dad had to be given up for adoption. And as we sat there at the feet of these people, I noticed the wrinkles in my wife's eyes next to her Korean aunt, basically. And they had the exact same facial structure, the exact same eyes. And I was like, wow, we're getting more of the context here. And my kids were there. We were sitting around the feet of um, of our elder and other relatives. And I had goosebumps sitting there thinking, this is how I want to live my life. I want to be curious to find out details. I want to go to the places where I can find answers and experience just um, so much depth and reward from it. So that happened uh, just four or five weeks ago. It was amazing. Goose, total goosebumps. Have you mission accomplished? I'm having to share this right as you started your story. <laughs> so it's an amazing story of, and it shows very well that you know uh, it's all about the family and how it's all connected and how we yeah. are connected to our family. So thank you for sharing this beautiful goosebumps moment, an extraordinary goosebumps moment with your uh, loved ones, and also thank you, David, for our conversation. It was a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate very much the knowledge and insights you share with us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening. And as always, energizing results to you and your loved ones. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcast, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at uve.corn.com.